listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey Denver, Chris Lopez here, and today we're talking about short-term rentals. So we've got a great guest with lots of information and three properties and three spreadsheets we're going to cover. So my first co-host is Lauren Valenoni. Lauren, how are you? Hey, doing good. Excited to be here. Yes, I am too. I mean, this, uh, our guest, this property manager is someone you connected with a few months ago. Um, but backing this up, why did you reach out to him in the first place? What got you excited about looking into short-term rentals? Yeah, um, I think once we just kind of saw the numbers on our on our spreadsheet sheets here, looking at long-term rentals is what most of our clients are doing here in the, the Denver metro area. And um, once we connected with Brian and started getting some numbers on these properties and we saw the returns, we were like, okay, these are the numbers that our clients are gonna get excited about. And this is something that we need to get on our podcast as soon as possible and start talking about and going through this analysis. Yes, and our guest is Brian Looney with iTrip Vacations Denver. He's a property manager specializes in short-term rental. It's actually a property manager you got connected with, I think, a couple months ago now as we we're just, you know, uh, looking at some different options out there, connected with them. He gave us some phenomenal numbers like, oh, we like you. Numbers um, and knowledge. Yes. The amount of knowledge that this man has is pretty impressive. So, Brian, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. I appreciate you driving down the hill and coming down to Thank join you. us for the day. Glad to be here. So we're going to spice things up to and actually jump into the very first thing. And then we'll jump into Brian's background to all the basics you know about short-term rentals. But this property is one that you had found for a client, Lauren. You had Brian run Correct. some numbers, but set us up on the property. Yeah. Uh, so this is a very unique property that we found. Uh, it was in the Highlands on Spear, right whenever this road turns into Irving. And it's a brand mm -hmm. new build five bedroom, five bathroom home on the front. And on the back of the house, it has a two car garage with a additional dwelling apartment, one bedroom, one, one bathroom. So when we first looked at this one was purchased or this one was uh, priced at 1.28 million. And um, I just quickly reached out to Brian because the client that was interested in this, this was going to fit their lifestyle. They, live and work half time here in Denver. They have their kids here and they wanted a property that would fit the mostly the wife's uh, lifestyle, which they had very specific finishes that they were looking for. Um, they had a specific area that they were looking for. But at the end of the day, it really just boiled down to the numbers. So when we reached out to Brian and was able to get a synopsis of projected numbers, plug that in and sell an estimated on, you know, I think Brian, you know, was being extremely conservative on the revenues of $160,000 annually uh, before management fees being taken out. And so plug that into the spreadsheet and just already saw right off the bat, this is going to be a home, a home run, especially with the 10% down jumbo loan um, that we have access, access to. All right. So 1.28 million purchase price. This would be a vacation home or second home for the client. Technically, it's going to be their primary. Okay, primary. Yes. That's right. But for lending, okay. So 10% down, um, about a, all in for about 160, 3.75% interest rate. Now getting down to the rental income here. 
So Brian, this is where, uh, walk us through the rental income on this property. Sure. Whenever a, a potential client or one of their realtors call us, we ask for the address, right? Once, once we have the address, we look at the, at the local market, all right? And from there, we, we find the occupancy and certain rates by looking at comps. So with this home being located in Spear in the Highlands, it's a fantastic area. That's probably the number one destination for Denver itself. Really? Yes, yes. So when we looked at the comps, we found uh, the average daily rate to be extremely high. As as low, it would be low as 450 and as high as 1200 a night. Amazing wow. numbers. Yes. Okay. So what we do is we include those comps with the, with, with the analysis we'd give the prospective client so they could see that if I have my home in this condition and I offer those same amenities, I could easily get those rates. And it was important too, to this client to where, you know, this was going to be their primary home. They would, you know, be living in the home, you know, a good portion of the, of the time. So we also made sure that we looked at the comps based upon the minimum amount of people that they would be comfortable with because she didn't want it to be a party house. And so Brian was also able to do a comparison between eight guests and 12 guests. And he found out there was really no nightly rate change from eight to 12. So they wouldn't be hurting their listing by capping it at eight people. And she was going to be okay with, you know, reducing the amount of people and reducing the revenue. But it just turned out that by doing that, it wasn't going to reduce the revenue at all. So it's a very strong area and the property just led for, you know, great nightly rates. Agreed. All right. So we have in, and then we're just using a Joe Massey spreadsheet here. We have in the monthly rental income, uh, $10,200 in income. Now there's some notes here that I need, I guess you, Brian, or you, Lauren, to interpret for me, because we're guessing about $10,200 a month in rent. Is that gross or is that after fees as after, after fees? So we'll drill down more into the management fees to be able to get your property producing at the highest vacancy and the highest price, uh, it does come out at, you know, average about a 25% fee. So we took out 25%. And that's also not at full occupancy as well. So he was running it at a lower occupancy rate. So it's kind of double dipping a little bit in the vacancy factor here. We already accounted for vacancy. And okay. that number. So really that 3% doesn't even need to be in there. I think we'll we had a, that to zero. I think we had a 3% in there because we were going to also look at renting that ADU. Okay. And so we won't go through all the details on the spreadsheet. I mean, we have our, our basic assumptions in here, taxes, insurance, some utilities, things like that. And we'll talk a lot more about these details throughout the rest of the podcast with Brian here. But we want to give you a, a quick taste of some numbers because this is a $1.28 million home with an ADU. We don't talk about those as <laughs> rental properties really at all. Um, but the punchline here is after revenue and having a professional property manager like Brian and his company, Mandry thing, take out the fees, we're looking at an annual cash for around $33,000. Mm-hmm. Cash on cash, about 20%, with a cap rate in the about 7.6. So very, very, very strong numbers. And then we'll kind of come through next. We're going to unpack all this while we pick uh, Brian's brain here. Cause we have like two pages of questions to run, uh, run through this guy. And so one thing we can do, we're asking about $10,000 a month in income post, uh, fees on here. If this is a long-term rental, you said it'd be about $5,500 a month was the estimate for the front house, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. And that's 
just gross rinse before normal PM fees and everything else. Correct. So we're talking almost, you know, about double the revenue. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so just some phenomenal numbers. Absolutely. So listeners, we want to do that to tease you a little bit and make sure you stay tuned. But kind of looping back around on here, because uh, obviously people are going to tell Brian, we're five months of the podcast. You know a lot. You're yes. very much plugged in. Give us a quick background about you and your model. Like, how did you get into this and what's your model like? Okay. Um, so I ended a 30-year uh, career in manufacturing. Okay. I, I was part of uh, a couple private equity teams that would purchase companies and I'd move my family to wherever it was, stay for three to five years, and then, then we'd move to the next town. Okay. I'd move my wife five times and my kids three. Okay? Wow. So it was time to set some roots. So I looked to buy a franchise because I wanted to look at uh, quick startup, uh, le legacy uh, uh, marketing label, and then, um, and then support. Okay. And iTrip came out to be number one. Okay. And also it's a uh, reverse cash flow business. They have to pay you in advance. So it's, it's actually pretty safe. Huh. Frank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so, so actually when I purchased it, it was, uh, in, uh, September of 18, um, of 18. And that was when the city of Denver came down with the, some of the toughest regulations in the country. Okay. So I, we're based in Nashville, there's 75 of us. I called Nashville and I said, why would, why did you sell me this? Okay. And they, and they basically, said, what do you want? I said, okay, I'll take Clear Creek County. So then we have a second franchise. Okay. So now we have, so basically our areas, Denver County, Jefferson County, Clear Creek County, Gilpin County. Okay. And we also use the term fish hook in this industry where you go outside your territory and you grab a house called fish hook. You fish hook it. We fish hook in Boulder. Okay. So we're basically <laughs> everywhere. All right. So what our model is, okay, there's two things. So what iTrip is really is an IT company. All right. That deals with algorithms and getting the property on the front page of the websites that we deal with. All right. So we have nine platforms and we load the properties on those nine platforms and then they spider out to a hundred websites. All right. And those websites are just not us, you know, and I coach my clients, like we're, we're not marketing the chip and Dorothy and Littleton. We're marketing to Sydney, people in Miami, people in Dubai, people in London. And you want them to come to your home in Colorado because it's a beautiful home. It's right in, the, in a great place to, to, to stay. And also they pay. Okay. They don't negotiate cleaning fees, right? They actually just click and confirm. Okay. Yep. And that's what you want. All right. So that's what our marketing does. All right. For our operations. And I, I came from manufacturing operations. I realized I had such a large market. I actually divided it into sub markets and, e and each sub market has two things that are very important to any short-term rental it's cleaners and handymen. So what I said, I set up pods. All right. And, I, and the pod is made up of a handyman and, a, and, and a, with like one to three cleaners. Okay, each cleaner is, is is assigned three homes. All right, no more than three homes, and they and they and we pay them thirty dollars an hour. Okay, and that's that's a high rate, but it's also hard work. So right now, May is the beginning of the busy month. It will last all the way to the beginning of October, and they will work seven days for some for some weeks. They will go in at ten a.m. and go home at three. Okay, they may clean one home or two homes. All right, but it's very tiring work. A lot of stairs and a lot of physical labor. That's why we pay them so high. And that's yep. why we, that's why we, we we limit them to three homes. All right, uh, we don't want them to get burnt out. All right. When we first started this business, our turnover rate was probably ten percent, just because it was so hard and we were learning what's going on. Our our turnover rate is 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 now. Uh, excuse me, our retention rate was ten percent. 
Okay. Oh. Now our attention rate is like 90%. Oh my okay? God. Yeah. So yeah. Flip flop. Yeah. We have a great team. We have a great team and I told them they're not going anywhere. Okay. So, you know, whatever they need, you know, if they need time, whatever. And then we have flexibility. So we, we, we can pull people from one pod to another, you know, what to, to, to cover if someone has a family issue or vacation or whatever. Yeah. Right. We, we take care of, them, okay. That and that's what you need. And that's what you need. Have- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people, so they're really good people. Our handymen are fantastic. The under, but but with this uh, market right now with contractors, right? We we pay our handymen fifty an hour, which is great money because there's always work. You know, a second home is always a second thought. So that's when he, whenever we have a home, there's always that something that you have to get done, and they they can do it. Okay, and uh, unfortunately with today's market, you know, the going rate for a good handyman is ninety five to one hundred twenty five. So, so we lose our handymen, but you know, we, 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 we constantly recruit. Okay. And we use folks that already have a job and they're looking for some part-time money and this industry fits them perfectly. So, so if a handyman's listening to this, they should give you a call, right? They should absolutely give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I didn't know about your operations background, which makes a lot of sense as we've mm-hmm. talked, like you can optimize things and just, you know, mm-hmm. make everything run well. So let's start off with like, just to find what is a short-term rental? A short-term rental is it, you actually open your home for rent for periods of less than 29 nights. Okay. So less than 29 nights. So 20, 29 nights. The IRS actually determines a long-term rental is 30 days or more. Okay. Okay. And then, I mean, in general terms, like, you know, we saw this property over here in Spear in the Highlands. You know, rents are, I mean... Two, two and a half times of what long-term, maybe longer with the fees in there. Yes. Like from a high level, like why would someone do a short-term rental? And what's like a gross, like rent multiplier for a short-term versus long-term? So there's, there's three strong reasons to do it. The the revenue is two to three times that of long-term. Okay. All right. The property is maintained at a much higher level because it gets inspected after every every stay. The cleaners are taught to look for any kind of damage, look for any kind of messes. Um, they They hear the furnace. Right, they see the drain backing up in the cellar. You know that's stuff that a long-term renter may not pay attention to. Right, the leaky roof, the the rattling window, um, that gets addressed right away. All right, just for and, and prior to the next day. So, and this is something when you mentioned the, like I don't know, a while ago in first in our first conversations, it it threw me for a curveball because I always expect you know short-term rentals. They're kind of like when I rent a car. I use them, abuse them a little bit more. So I just assume short-term rentals do that. But you're right, since there's, you know, one to three employees going through there every week, yeah. there's just more eyeballs on there, catch that, you know, that little stuff for it becomes big stuff. Yes. Which is very, was very surprised to me, but it made sense after you explained it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also um, we do some things. So we talked about a party house where the client's wife does not want to have a party house. We don't have party houses, okay? We may have someone who have, may have an occasional party, may slip by us, but there's a couple things that we do. Our, our booking agreements are very stern on the use of the home, okay? Um, no parties and events without prior permission, all right? And then we screen what they want. So, you know, I had, I had a gentleman saying, I'm bringing nine guys for a bachelor party. And I tell him that we this is not a bachelor party place, okay? Book somewhere else, all right? I'll have a gentleman who's who's in his 60s. My granddaughter is getting married. I want to have a dinner party for 15. That's okay. All right. Just you have to you have to be cognizant, peripheral vision. We all our renters have to be 25 or over, and two of our homes, a renter has to be 27. All right. So then you have an, a higher maturity rate than 
someone who's just coming out of school. And we can set those rules yes. with an Airbnb? Yes. And it, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We place, um, and then and then in the booking agreement too, we also talk about any kind of damage. Um, there's, we we have insurance. We I am self-insured and I cover any kind of accidental damage in the home up to $1,500, okay? But accidental is never a hole in a wall. Accidental is never a broken TV, a broken microwave. An ac- accidental is a shade being pulled down and it comes off its spindle. That's an accident, right? So we pay for that. The guest pays for the broken TV, the broken microwave, mm-hmm. and the hole in the wall, okay? And we go after them for that, all right? And we can go through Airbnb Resolution Center, but with other sites, we have their credit card information and we talk to them about it and we show them the pictures and we show them the validation and then we charge them, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are the best types of properties for Airbnb? Because I think everyone lists, I mean, all three of us, we stayed in Airbnbs. Most of our listeners have stayed in Airbnbs, a variety, but like what's the best type of property for people to stay in? Or to, I'm sorry, for people to invest in. If, if you were buying in Denver proper, in Denver County, I would purchase a home that has the ability to have an ADU, all right, accessory dwelling unit. And that accessory dwelling unit could be a revenue stream that would fund your entire property and still give you income, all right? So if you're somebody who has a budget of $600,000 and they're finding a stretch in this market and they're looking at something at seven or $800,000, they should contact us and we could run the numbers and, and do a pro forma for them to see what their revenue stream would be and see if they, if they could actually purchase that higher priced home. Okay, with an ADU. All what right. about for other parts of the metro area? Because I mean, I think we all know mm-hmm. Denver has, you know, fairly strict short-term rental laws. Mm-hmm. Has to be mm-hmm. your primary residence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's Denver County. That's Denver, Denver Ren- County. Yeah, but what about the other counties? Like, what, so, what opportunities or rules are there out there? So uh, um, most of the areas are open, okay, for short-term rentals. They'll have some sort of guidelines or rules to follow, but most of it is not like Denver, all right? So if you have a place in Jefferson County. Jefferson County right now is rewriting their uh, short-term rental rules. They are not following the existing rules. And those existing rules have to do with well size and acreage size and such like that. They're not following that. So right now, Jefferson County is um, open, okay? And in fact, in a October 2019 uh, county meeting, it was stated by the county commissioners, we are not following any established short-term rental rules right now. We are rewriting them, okay? Hmm. And they are gonna be pro short-term rental, okay? okay. People, so I was gonna ask. Yeah, people are not gonna be hindered to make income, okay? Hmm. But it will be, you'll have to have a permit. They wanna see a business license. They wanna track the tax. They wanna track the re- track the revenue. They wanna see that people have uh, the, the correct safety in, in, in their home, carbon monoxide, Detectors are extremely important. You well, know? that's all oh. very, very reasonable. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's very reasonable. Yeah. So that's that's what Jeffco's going to do. Clear Creek County already has it. All right. Those they, those rules are already stated. And they have one of the best processes that I've ever seen. They have three people dedicated to this process. They have a treasurer, they have an administrator, and they have a full-time inspector who does nothing but goes around inspecting the 2,000 short-term rentals in, in Clear Creek County. There's that many short-term oh, rentals yes. in Clear Creek? Yes. Yeah. Clear Creek's a great place to stay. It is considered the the uh, lower price alternative to Summit County. So if you want to ski in Summit, you could stay in Georgetown and Idaho Springs for half mm. the price. How are the locals yeah. feeling about that? 
um, it's a it's a it's a dramatic change, you know, and just it's just not short term rentals itself, just the entire real estate industry, where the home they've grown up in and and they bought in the uh, you know early eighties for you know seventy thousand dollars is now worth you know six hundred. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's a bit of a culture shock. Okay, the cities, uh, the uh, Idaho Springs. Uh, uh, city administration and the, the mayor that they're trying to get their hands around it. Okay. They're trying to, they're trying to put in uh, correct rules to keep the culture of the home intact, but also capture the ongoing economy. Mm-hmm. All right. And this open yeah. economy is, is unstoppable. You know, you, you can't stop it. All right. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone who's going to try to f- find a way. That's the way the economy works. So in terms of their like locations, I mean, we talked Denver, Jeffco, Clear Creek, Clear Creek, Gilpin. Gilpin's a fantastic area too. Okay, Gilpin. Uh, it's it's really outdoorsy. Um, has it's easy to get to. You know, it's not it's it's not hours away like it to to, to like Vale is to get to to, to get to uh, the airport. Um, Blackhawk is a, is a big draw. The casinos in Central City. You also have Nederland. I mean, in the great parks, it's a twelve month market. So the foothills are a twelve month market. The summer is the peak, but you're going to get demand in the fall for foliage, hiking, hunting, cycling. In the winter, you're going to get the skiing at Eldora or Loveland. All right, there's there's plenty to do in the foothills, and that's why the properties are so strong. And plus, if you look at the buy price of Summit County versus Clear Creek and Gilpin, you get more value. I mean, what, what's the rough difference? I just like, is there like a, cause I, I just, you know, I, I know the years, but I don't know the markets up there. Like what's the difference in prices or like a rent to price ratio, generally speaking, or do you know that for like summit versus clear Creek? Uh, you know, I, I have a number of homes in Idaho Springs and you could buy a home for say 350,000 in up near the glacier at St. Mary's glacier. Mm-hmm. And your gross revenue would be 60,000. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. All right. So here kind of comes next thing. Great revenue. Mm-hmm. But I mean, one of the differences and why I've, um, you know, I've personally never looked at short-term rentals is just because it's a hospitality business. Yes. I have no desire to be in the hospitality business. I like long-term rentals because they are simple. Property manager handles them. And I spend less than 10 minutes a month communicating with the property manager. I write a check here and there, but it's, you know, very, very minimal headache, very minimal time. Operation time and operation expenses are a lot higher in short-term rentals. What's that look like? So it's running a short-term rental is a full-time job. All right. If it, it, I would, I would behoove anyone on, on this podcast who's listening. If you were going to have a short-term rental, you want to hire a professional property manager for the, your, your rates are looked at constantly. And they're all, also they're higher than the average, all right? All our homes have an average daily rate that's higher than the rest. Yeah, okay? I remember you mentioned that when we were looking at Alexi's property in Arvada, that was a big thing that you pointed out was majority of these homes for comps, they were very, they were rented extremely low and you could tell that those were not managed. They, they were self-managed. They were self, self-managed. Self-managed. For, uh, so for what Lauren just was, was mentioned, we were looking at a home on, on 53rd Street in, in Arvada and I had an average daily rate of over 200 and a lot of the comps were down in the mid 150s and they were leaving money on the table because they didn't know the market, all right? They didn't know that that it should be above 200, all right? They, 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 they would, they would, they should, they're not studying it. They're not looking at, we use a service called AirDNA, which is a uh, data gathering for the entire industry. They're global. They used to be actually based in Denver. Now they're based in Barcelona. But 
Um, they, Your headquarters they, are here? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't know that. They used to be. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're in Barcelona now. They still have a, uh, infrastructure here, but not the, the their leadership's in, in Barcelona. And they and they look at the, the whole industry globally. And we look, and we, when we do a pro forma or, or an, some analysis for our potential clients, we use that and we use that we, we use that for our for, to look at occupancy numbers but also they they provide an interactive map so we look at the address of the home that a, a client could buy and we could see around the home what short term rentals are there and you cursor over the with the with the with your with your pin and it actually pops it up if if, if it's listed on verbo vrbo or airbnb and that's how we find our comps yeah we don't use just just to preface that too we don't we don't not use AirDNA's financials, their average daily rate is woefully low. So what we do is we look at the comps, all right? And we look at the amenities of the comps and the average daily rate that the comp would is is looking, is stating to book. And we use that to determine our numbers. We don't use AirDNA's. Yeah, that's what we've consistently yeah. heard. Yeah. Is oh, that the numbers are, low. are very, very yeah. low. Yeah, and also Airbnb too. So Airbnb mm-hmm. offers a... Um, they offer a rate program for you to follow, but what they're truly looking for is transactions. They want bookings, okay? And they want bookings in May, but they want people booking in October. So what we look at, we look at a six to eight week window for uh, for our for our rates, okay? So today we're in June, we really don't care about September, okay? You right. know, but if someone books in September right now, they're gonna pay a premium rate, right? That's because we jacked them up. So, that's- so you're saying, I mean, so you're looking forward to the next, two months or so. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, you're not to worry, but hey, you have it defaulted to a higher premium price. So yes. someone books it, they are paying a premium. Yes. And if it happens out, great. If not, as it comes in that two month window, you then price adjust. We price adjust. It okay. could be it, it could be sold out and we hit we hit we hit it right or we'll make a note. We'll actually go into the um we have a price we have a dynamic pricing model and we'll actually go into that module and we'll we'll actually raise the prices for next September because that September sold out so quickly. So is this dynamic pricing model, is this, uh, I mean, how, I'm curious, how, is that a third-party service you're using? Is that in-house? Is that, that is, like, what is that? That is, that is iTrip. I, I, iTrip, our That's own software, yeah, proprietary. Okay. So what we do is we, we set up um, three sets of levels. The first level is the area. So we'll, we'll have every price of every short-term rental in the area and, and occupancy, and we'll track it that way. Then we'll actually set up its own, its own comp set. And we'll it will take the VRBO number, all right, and and attach it to our our home in our system, and it actually tracks the comps, average daily rates, and occupancy. So we can see if they're getting booked more or if they're getting booked less. We can see if they're charging more or if they're charging less, and we can and we we can adjust our price to that local. But to be honest with you, with in this market, there are four markets nationally that are just way above any other short-term rental market in, in the country. And that's Northern Florida beaches, it's South Carolina beaches, it's Colorado, and then Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So when I talk to a prospective client, I tell them that there is really no competition because there's more demand than supply. So the DIA or the Denver airport was the number one destination city in, uh, in America in January, February, March, April, May, and June of this year. Yes. Denver Airport was? Denver Airport. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I believe you. I just find that hard to believe. Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. So people, too. Yeah. People are coming here. They're not staying in hotels. They're staying in, in, in Airbnbs and they book and they sell out. So you, you actually want to make sure. And I tell my folks that, listen, May's coming. Get some rest. We're going to be very busy. 
you know, we're, we're priced accordingly to to get the bookings, but maximize our clients' re, uh, uh, opportunity of uh, of return. So, w- with that said, um, back to why would you hire a property manager? It's just not having the, the, the dynamic pricing. It's also having the operations too. Cleaners, just like just like carpenters and just like anybody else in this in this area, are in high demand. And we actually took all of our cleaning in house because we could no longer we could no longer count on the cleaning companies because they were just so busy, all right? They were just so busy. Everything was getting rushed. We could see quality was going down. The cost was high. It wasn't It wasn't a good relationship. So we we actually took our people in-house. That's really smart. There's yeah. nothing worse than going to an Airbnb and, or a short-term rental and it just being dirty. Just dirty. I it's mean, just, it is. It, it the just worst. sets the tone for the guest right away. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know what? That's that's where we become a team too. So I actually we have we have a head of housekeeping, we have a head of a head of guest services, and anytime we get a, a, a complaint, it goes right to them, and then we we address it right away. What happened? Okay, and then um, also w- w- with with that um, when it, with the um, with that we also have a call center, so the homeowner is not getting that call at one a.m. Okay. I say 2 a.m., but I got a call last night at 1 a.m. So I got called at 1 a.m. last went to night. Your phone, huh? It went to my phone. It was the guest staying in one of our homes in Wheat Ridge and the carbon monoxide detector went off. Oh. So yeah, open up all the windows. Let's, 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 you know, put you in a hotel and all that stuff. We did everything right. And then I called at 8 a.m. I called the fire department and they, they, they basically told me what some steps to do. And I went out there and did it. And it turned out to be a, uh, a false alarm. Well, that's always so good news. They're back in, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I talked to the father, and he has little kids. So what I did is I put uh, I put new uh, carbon monoxide detectors around the house. So they they were just purchased today, Home Depot. They're fresh. You know, if they go off, then we have a problem. I don't think they're going to go off. The fire fire department doesn't think it's going to go off. So I think it's pretty good. So he he felt comfortable. So so I want to loop back around because a few minutes ago you guys mentioned this house in Nevada. It's a client you're working with. Lauren, mm-hmm. uh, let's walk through because it's an interesting property. And plus, it's very interesting how like a professionally managed property, you know, using like a dynamic pricing model and really knowing what the market's doing versus self-managed mom and pop Airbnbs. Like you said, there was a difference of like $1,600 a night a yes. lot of times. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot of money to leave it, on the table. It's, it's a lot of money, especially when you're in a market where every home is 80% plus occupied. So if you just, it's, it's an enormous amount of money. So it's um, it, back to um, our process. So we we actually, where we market on nine platforms, spiders out to a hundred websites, it's all about exposure, okay? Okay. So 60% of our bookings come from Airbnb, all right? 40% come from the other sites. And I've met a lot of people that said, we only, we only listed on Airbnb. You know, and Airbnb, as far as it becoming uh, user-friendly is number one. I mean, because they you can use their back office to take care of all the transactions and, you know, they can be a credit card processor and they have they have great reporting so you can do your taxes really easily. But only 60% of the market uses it. You want to you, you, you want to capture that 40%. So with a property manager, we have one calendar and we have 100 websites that report to that one calendar. It's all synced to the same calendar? All, all synced yeah. to the same calendar. Okay. And then at the end of the year, we would then provide the, the owners with an accurate 1099 for them to, to do their taxes. Okay. Very, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Fantastic. So Lauren, about this house in Nevada, yep. give us a rundown because this is a house hack. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, what are the details? 
Yeah, so this is in Arvada, very close to Old Town Arvada, walkable for sure. Um, it is a, I want to say it's a four bedroom, two and a half bathroom. And it's clean, ready to let go. It's updated. Uh, it's in a desirable area. Our client is a very, you know, creative first-time investor, uh, very open-minded, very numbers-oriented. Yeah. So once we kind of started peeling back the onion on short-term rentals, we, you know, exposed him to this idea. Of course, connected him, Brian. You know, Brian spent, you know, a good amount of time with him just running through the model, running through the the pros and cons, and obviously, you know, showing him the projections of numbers on this property. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty much turnkey ready, wouldn't you say? I mean, there's... Yes. Yes. Um, what's cool about this property as well is that it is a, um, has a walkout basement. Um, so if the the property owner, if he wanted to, while he was living there, just Airbnb the, the top property or the top unit, um, and then live downstairs. He could he could do that comfortably. Um, the living room is quite big downstairs, so he wants to put up a wall to make an additional bedroom to maybe have an additional roommate in there while he's living down there. Um, and there's quite a bit of unfinished square footage down there that already has a utility sink to pretty much build out an additional kitchen. Um, so he's looking at Airbnb in the top. Um, having a roommate downstairs with him for the first year. And then um, because of the Arvada short-term rental rules, he would be able to go out and buy another primary home and keep the um, the Arvada house in short-term rental, the whole entire property as, as, as a whole. Um, and so that's, I think, how we ran this property um, analysis. We ran it... Um, as if he's renting out the whole entire property, not while he's actually living there. So, okay, so house sack, buying for three to 5% down, $600,000 purchase price, standard closing costs, all that stuff. Yeah, he's actually using the Bank of America grant program. So, so he's getting a good. Yeah, $17,500 worth of, of free, free money with an extremely low interest rate with no property mortgage insurance through the grant program. So coming out to rent here, you know, the Airbnb, after one year, he moves out, converts it to a full-time Airbnb, mm -hmm. which Arvada allows it's three, up to three investment properties per owner, Correct. right, Brian? Yes, okay. yes. So this can be one of three, whatever. So he fully, fully compliant. In the spreadsheet, we have $4,350 a month. How's that breakdown, guys? Yeah, so this one is using the numbers. Let's see what he put in here. It's saying 950 for the basement. Go ahead and add up those. Let me, or I can add it up, but he might be using the his house hacker numbers in there. I'm those sorry. Are, those are his house, house hacker. So this numbers. is why he's living there then. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. No. Yes. 3,500. Okay. Yeah. It would be while he was. I think I pulled up a different spreadsheet than you sent me over, Lauren. So I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> um, Oh, okay. So it's thirty five hundred plus the eight fifty. Okay, so that Which would I'm be still, yeah. Okay, yeah. So if the Airbnb is present, I think you walk this property. We might be able to update it here. What would you call you know a monthly average rent for Airbnb on this place? So with him living in the basement, okay. This I did the numbers for him living there. Okay, with, let's do that with though. a three bedroom. Um, his first year gross would be sixty seven thousand. So sixty-seven thousand gross, gross just from Airbnb on the top on floor. the top floor with him living there. Okay, wow. And that includes um, so with 
Arvada, you're only allowed to rent 240 nights a year. But in, but with the market itself, it, it really it's it's a great rule. But the 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 shoulder season, you have your peak in your shoulder season, and in and in Denver and the foothills, it's a it's a bell curve. It starts it starts in January, peaks in July and August, and comes back down to December. So between May and September, that's where this homeowner would make the majority of the money. Okay. All right. So he would probably rent it for 200 days. All right. Of those 200 days, he'd probably make most of that $67,000. Okay. He would not be in any violation of any rules of, of the city. He can still go out and buy two other properties and have three investment properties. Okay. So we need to take tw- um, 25% out of that gross number. Yeah. Get your calculator, Lauren. <laughs> I'm working on it. So that'd be yeah. 16750 out of that. So 50250 so fifty thousand—that's gross annually. We'll, we'll make that monthly. So about mm-hmm. forty-two hundred dollars a month. So we are not mm-hmm. far off. Uh, we were two thousand earlier. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So we're going to drop vacancy to zero. So that's incorporated yep. in there. Property managers in there. Repairs, maintenance, utilities, taxes, insurance—all that's in there. Looks perfect. I'm going to save my insurance question for you after this, Brian. Um, so we're looking at basically a thousand bucks a month, or about twelve thousand dollars a year. While yeah. he's living while there. He's, while, while he's living, he's living there. there. While he's living there. And plus, if he rents out uh, well, yeah, bedroom bedrooms. basement number two mm-hmm. for, what, $800, hours mm-hmm. a month, that's exactly. another, I mean, geez, that's another 10000 bucks yeah. a year right. there. Holy crap. Right. Yeah. yeah, he would short-term Holy the top smokes. floor and long-term the uh, bottom floor. Yeah. That's a great property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like these numbers a lot. Right? Yeah. This I is... wish this was around when I was uh, <laughs> young and if I knew what house hacking back was uh, 15 years ago. Right? All right. So this takes me <laughs> to a question that popped up on here, like insurance. I mean, what are the insurance considerations for Airbnbs or, you know, short-term rentals? So there's there's, there's three, level, three levels of, uh, of insurance. There's the website. So Airbnb and VRBO and booking.com will offer some sort of insurance, okay, that, that called host insurance. And we've actually had one event in one of our homes that, uh, unfortunately, a lady uh, stumbled on the stoop and broke her ankle. Ooh. Yeah. And she was a uh, L.A. County sheriff. Oh. So she had, had that impeded her job. So she, we, she, she came after uh, or she called us. All right. We, we got in touch with Verbo, with a booking came through. They had, they're backed by uh, a company in New York called Generali for $25,000 personal liability. And that covered her broken ankle. Yeah, very. So lucky. that protected the homeowner. Protected the homeowner, and it took care of the yes. the, the tenant slash client. Tenants, yep, yeah. Okay. And then we offer uh, uh, a insurance policy. We charge the guest two dollars a day, and we include it in the rent, so the guest doesn't even know they're buying it. They're just there, and that covers bed bugs. Two dollars a day. Two dollars a day. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, so if it's a fourteen day uh, stay or a ten day stay, it's it's twenty to twenty eight dollars, right? It's totally easy. Minimal. Minimal. Yeah. And it offers uh, $25,000 with personal liability. It offers uh, $100,000 uh, property uh, damage and then bed bug protection. Because that was one of the things that like, I'm at, you know, I'm, for my like risk tolerance, I don't care about a few dollars. I don't care if I have to write a $1,000 check, whatever. I care about if someone hurts, you know, trips and hurts themselves. Mm-hmm. I care about number. I feel bad for that person. And I also worry about my liability. Like mm-hmm. I worry about the big checks, you know, the 30,000, the $300,000, you know, liability things. Yeah. So you, as a professional property manager, you've got all the layers covered and know how to right. protect everyone, take protect. care of everyone. The owner still wants to declare it a short-term rental and they want to get a short-term rental rider 
and then they want to uh, have a, so this is layer two layer three layer so three. La- layer one is the is the website layer two is I trip layer three is the homeowner okay and the homeowner wants to declare a short term rental have a short term rental rider have a million dollar umbrella okay now I also want to sorry so I know million dollar umbrellas two hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. to add a short term rider mm-hmm. what's the approximate cost of that compared to like a normal insurance homeowners or a long-term rental policy uh, you know it, it really depends on the agent so i was about to mention that it, it this type of industry is so unknown in the insurance industry even though the insurance industry has accepted that there's such low liability with short-term rentals adding a rider is minimal cost you can still walk into your local insurance agent who you, you've had for 10 20 years and they'll they'll think it's you know they think they have to sell you a commercial policy. It's not okay? okay. You really have to know this this. And I I would tell all the listeners here that or the people watching that y- y- it's minimal cost or zero, and everyone should be able to get a rider. Everybody, um, and it really comes down to a knowledgeable insurance person. If they don't have a, if their person if their insurance provider now doesn't understand or they're having trouble with the conversation, they should actually call iTrip Denver. And we have a list of uh, insurance uh, agents that that can can do it. I'll tell you right now, farmers agents know what they're doing. Safeco agents know what they're doing. All right. Those are the two primary insurance uh, uh, providers in this industry that really have have it nailed down. So farmers and Safeco. Farmers and Safeco. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great to know. Mm So I want to jump into, because I know we've got another property to go through here, and this is um, one that you're managing in Wheat Ridge, and I've heard you mention this a couple times, which I find really interesting. I think this is one of the ones you've optimized with somebody like your insider knowledge. Mm-hmm. Let's walk through that property. So it's a uh, two-bedroom ranch in uh, Wheat Ridge, at, uh, right off of the intersection of 38th and Kipling. All right, so am I sharing my screen? Yep, go, yeah. This is your, your driving here, Brian. Mm-hmm. we'll see our skills off for talking and mm-hmm. clicking at the same time so we <laughs> actually started this uh home may 10th will you hit accept on the, the cookies so they can see the picture perfect may 10th oh this is the actual picture of the house yeah oh this is gorgeous yeah, yeah it's really yeah. nice and i yeah. thought that was just a stock image no 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 <laughs> that's the house it's we, we call it the ranch house in wheat ridge all right that's gorgeous yeah Oh, so this is on the iTrip website. So this is okay, on my okay. website. Yeah. Yeah. So people can book here if they want. And, um, and so if people do direct booking, is that just less fees? That's less fees. It's and it, just it, more it'll money save you this. 20%. Wow. And your stay if you book direct with us because uh, the commissions on Verbo and Airbnb fluctuate between 12 and up to 35%. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's significant. Yeah. So just look at these photos. So, so this is a, um, it's a, it's a two bedroom ranch. Right? Okay. It's on a corner. Uh, we put a privacy fence in, has a sunroom. It fits. We, we capped it at four people. And uh, the owner's a magician, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Right. That's interesting. A two-bedroom, because we've also heard from other short-term rentals, um, property managers, that the bigger properties produce better. So this is a great case study to show how. It is smaller properties can also work re- yeah work you, really well. you nailed it yeah as long as it has the right amenities it's always going to okay. get booked because this is right off of 70 okay. and that's where the suburbs come in you know, like why would buy why would someone buy in uh lakewood or littleton or wheat ridge but that 47 470 loop or or that uh route, route 70 corridor 
people can go to the mountains one day and the city the next. Or if yeah. they just want to stay stay here, you know, they have a comfortable home. They have big bedrooms. Um, so we actually make sure that there's plenty of towels. People don't run out of soap and paper goods and towels with our homes. We, you, you know, it's you're not gonna you're not gonna save any money by by saving on dishwasher pods, right? With this, the, the the house is fully stocked. All right, there's, you really really what you would want to do is go and get your uh, get your food. So you know you have washer and dryer, and then the hot tub. And that's that. That is the, when I talk to prospective clients, I always say, "Go get a hot tub." Yes, I, like I've talked to you like eighteen times, and, they and it's times always about the hot, hot tub. Tubs. And I don't own a hot tub company. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> Maybe you actually should. <laughs> but and hot tubs have actually raised their price seventy percent. That four thousand dollar hot tub is now seven thousand wow. dollars because of COVID. But even with that buy, you still are going to make your money because you can raise your average daily rate twenty five to seventy dollars a night. Just because of the a hot, hot tub. tub of a hot tub. Because you know when we talk long term rentals, we always say don't get a hot tub for liability reasons. Right now, this is a, and doesn't make a difference in, in rental income. But here, I mean, that is insane numbers. Insane, insane numbers. Does this change the insurance policy or like your concern no. as a PM no. for liability? No, it, it changes our house rules. So we make sure that they know that um, that they are responsible for the hot tub while they stay there. They are not allowed to touch the electrical inputs into the hot tub. What about for like yeah. little kids? If you got a, a family coming there with the little kids, does that change anything for you? Because you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. I've got a two and four year old and I'm terrified of having a hot tub in my house in the off chance that they drown. But we stayed at Airbnb two months ago. We had a hot tub. Right. So I'm curious from like your perspective, from a liability perspective, does that change anything for you in terms of like insurance or communicating things to tenants? No, no, because your insurance already covers that. Okay. Okay. Your insurance already covers that. But let's just look at the, let's look at the calendar. Okay. So we started this property May 10th. All right. Then someone booked it for the 13th. Like when literally, you say starting, that's, wow. when we went live? that's when we went live. We uploaded it to our platforms May 10th. So four days later, your first booking first, the first booking. I think this was the first booking was the 21st. And then someone booked it on the fourth on the 14th. All right. In our systems, you're allowed to book 48 hours before you check in. So we run our, um, we run our, uh, credit cards payment through authorized.net and they need 48 hours to vet the payment. So that's so they 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 literally booked it on the eleventh. Okay. So what is dirty dirty bookings? I was about that. <laughs> dirty bookings is is actually we just got to go through and just the, the cleaners have cleaned it. Got they, it. They have. We just have to go back. It's done. Okay. Okay. It's done. All right. We, we, you know, if we with iTrip, you have the ability to run your payroll process off of this system. So you have someone assigned to it, and then you hit it's cleaned, and then it goes in, and then we pay them. So that's more for your internal use. It's, it's, the, yeah. with the way that right. booking or right, no, 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 nothing like that. No, no, okay. no. And then the owner stayed one night here, and then he stayed three nights here. And we, as I mentioned before, besides the the revenue and the upkeep of the home being so much better than long term renting, the owner gets to use the property, so they can go in. We have an interactive calendar and they can go in and block dates that they want to use the property. Oh, so that's, and that's the, through the owner portal. That's yeah. Through the owner, okay. owner portal. Yeah. And you can see that, you know, June is sold out except for four nights. All right. July has three nights and then August. All right. And then even September. Okay. All and that. So these people out here in August, they're paying the premium they're, rate. They're paying the premium rate. Eight week window. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And so, is, and so is September. Right. So you can see that, that having that hot tub, they instantaneously got on the front page. The hot tub is the number one amenity people want when they come to Denver. Number one. Okay. Really? Yeah. Even in the like summertime, huh? Well, check that. 
air conditioning, then a hot tub. All right. <laughs> so it's air conditioning, then a hot tub. But really, if, if you look at it, because if they're looking in the in in the uh, if they're looking in um, the uh, suburbs or 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 the city, it's pretty much some someone has some sort of cooling method. If it's right. not central air, they have they have a they have a window mount. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. your comment there about a hot tub being a you know a hot mm-hmm. you know the main commodity. I can tell you when my college friends come out. Hot tub is not on their mind a lot of times. It's you know Colorado is an illegal weed. What's the 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 weed policy when it comes to short term rentals? So we don't allow smoking of any kind in our homes. All right, but we do set up smoking areas at a, in in our homes on the outside, either the deck or the front yard, and we and we actually provide the long stem ashtray where they could just stick it in. It goes and it goes That's down. Nice. Fire oh. fire uh, prevention around our homes is is very key. And whether they're smoking a cigarette or smoking a, a joint, you don't. You, yep. As long as you're following the house rules, house and rules. Being respectful. That's and, right. That's right. As long as it, you know, not, not, it doesn't bother anybody I else. Love it. That's Common fine. sense. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, and you had mentioned, I think it was for this property, you had told me at some point, um, not in this property, this property brought up the conversation that hot tubs in general, like, the OEC, what's the average bump you see in rinse hot tubs again? Because you said this property is like 70 bucks. Is uh, that more, 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 more above 50? 50 bucks. 25 that's to 50 that's on pretty this common one, across this all properties. Yes. Wow. Yeah, 25 to $70. So we have a beautiful, uh, we have a beautiful um, um, uh, home up in, uh, up in Idaho Springs. We call it Mountain Mama. And this is a. Um, I love these names. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is I feel a, like we need to up our game on our name on our properties. Well, now yeah. that we're in like yeah. the short term game, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, and actually, it's it's trying to it's it's slowing down right now because we we have a Matterport on it. Any any home that's that that's going to garden four hundred dollars or more a night, we we will do a Matterport so that people can see that the the. The and that's the 3D walkthrough. Yeah, you right? got it. Yep. And yeah. going back really quick onto the hot tub with it increases your nightly rates. Does that also increase your occupancy well, as well? I mean, it does. Is it kind of like it okay, does? So it, it does. Triggers people to, to select to, to your house select. over it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's Oop, great. And I. But I would definitely think in the mountain properties. Absolutely. I know whenever my friends like we're going to be going to a mountain property, going skiing or anything like that. That's absolutely like a must have for us. We don't always get it, but it's always the conversation. Well, should we just pay the premium to get our own personal hot tub, especially during COVID? Because all of the public ones at the hotels and stuff, those were all shut down. So it was. And you did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Steamboat. We did it. You proved his point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. The mountain properties for sure. And that's one of the things, though, too, that what you do for your clients is you look at the property, the area, and then the competition. You're looking yes. at what kind of amenities they're offering and you're trying to either match it or beat it as yes. well, which is yes. great. Yep. So this is this is a home we have up in uh, up in Idaho Springs called Mountain oh, Mama. Beautiful. No, it is. It's a, it's a uh, four bedroom, all right? So Clear Creek County uh, caps their, uh, their uh, capacity at eight people, okay. okay? But if I have a mom calling me and it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm there with my sister and we have two little kids, it's gonna be 10. It, we, 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 we don't mind. Okay. So, but we, we cap it at eight and, um, right here, and this is built on the side of a mountain right off of one Oh three going, um, going South of, of, uh, Idaho Springs. And we're actually going to put a hot tub here. We're going to put an eight person hot tub here. We're going to build a deck, um, in the mountain. It's going to be a walk up. So people w- would walk outside the house up, up, up the slope, take a left. There'll be a nice platform with some chairs 
and an eight person hot tub. And, and that, that rate with that, oh, this will add $70 a night to this home. What's okay. the cost on that? Right now? The cost on building the deck and the hot tub. So that was the, yeah. So it was, it was pretty scary given today's market, but, uh, yeah, I guess we, lumber, we, and, we, lumber the and then even composite yeah. composite was going to be $14,000 to build a deck. And then lumber, uh, was half that. So that was going to come down to seven. So we went with lumber. You did. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we're doing lumber. And, and then, and then even the cost of wire, the availability of wire to, to, to actually power the hot tub is a big issue. And then you have to pay the guy to trench it and he's going to mm. trench it from the home up, up to the hot tub, cover it with dirt. So that's, those are going to be the three cost requirements. And then the hot tub itself was, um, 7,900. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, Brian, if you ever need someone that does like quality assurance testing for you in these hot tubs, yeah. uh, give us you a call it. here. You yeah. got it. <laughs> um, so I know we're running over our, our time here. I could I could spend like two hours picking your brain, and we're gonna do that in future podcasts. We got some cool stuff planned. We've been kind of brainstorming this, and just I mean, we have scratched the surface. You know, we've kind of peeled back that first layer of the onion here with you here. But we do need to wrap things up here. Um, so I got. Two questions here for you. One, any final thoughts or wisdom you want to impart with us or our listeners before we wrap up? That's the first question. Uh, I would actually reach out to a, a short-term rental professional if you're thinking of actually getting into this market. There is a lot of gray area and quite frankly, disinformation out there of 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 the market, of the opportunity. Can you do it? Um, and, and really, I, I've seen people not get involved because they got false information. Let's, you know, sit down with me or one of my people or, or another professional property manager in the area and really find out what you you can do. And you're going to find that 90% of the time you're going to be able to have a short-term rental. And in this market, they're going to be income plus given even with all the costs of the home. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. And on that note, in the section, my second question, how can people get a hold of you to pick your brain, run numbers, explore opportunities? How can they get a hold of you? Sure. Our our website is uh, itrip.net backslash Denver. And our phone number is 303-835-0729. And my email is b-r-y-a-n at itrip, I-T-R-I-P dot net. You can contact me anytime. So email versus a 1 a.m. phone call is probably Mm -hmm. a better way to get a hold of you, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Brian, this has been phenomenal. I am looking forward to sending more clients your way and looking forward to picking your brain more. Uh, Lauren and I have talked a lot about this. We're excited to keep uh, working with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. That's great.